Hey everybody, welcome to another podcast with Cribs. Before we get into our next guest, I just want to remind you that if you are looking for an investment property, looking for the next high growth market and want to know how to secure that good quality asset, you need to talk to me and the team. We are looking across the whole Australian Eastern Seaboard, only work with the best developers in the industry, can help you secure that asset, do the cash flows, have a good understanding about where you're going to find that growth. So ultimately, secure that investment and keep on building that fantastic portfolio to achieve the long-term dreams. Reach out to the team, have a chat to me, and let's get into this next show. Hey guys, Dominic Neshi here from Cribs, and today we have the infamous Michael Malik from JAPM. Is it JAPM? It's JAPM, that's I'm it. so glad I got that right in the first yes. time. some people say JAPM, but I say JAPM. Mate, thank you very much, and it's thank so good you, to have you. You're, you're, you're one of the boys from the hood, and I don't say that lightly. One of the inner westies. <laughs> that's it. That's one of the things that we actually resonated on. Now, um, Michael, just a little bit of an introduction, um, works for... I think some of the biggest and actually all the biggest builders and developers in Australia. Um, we met, um, I was hosting an event for Pace and Michael does a lot of work for Pace, Sekasui House and some of those really big guys. And what struck me about Michael is his um, attention to detail, his code of ethics, the way that he approaches construction and his ability to very simply explain the way things should be done in the construction industry and I just really needed to get you on this podcast so that our listeners and people that are out there buying property can get a sense of how construction should be done, how it is done with some companies, and things that they should be mindful of when they're going out to site and doing those inspections and things. So thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you. Thanks, Dominic. So without further ado, would you mind just giving us a little bit of a background in yourself, what you're currently doing, some of your clients, who you are, just a little bit about that. Yeah, um, so I uh, look. I, I, I set up the company um, JPM. Uh, well, it actually goes back to two thousand and four um, when I first set it up, and I've been uh, contracting and consulting to a number of uh, developers. Yes, um, and some builder developers as well who have um, been working on site on some of their projects. So. Um, Mainly, mainly large style developers, uh, residential. Uh, done some commercial projects, done some institutional projects. We're doing a job up at uh, Coffs Harbour at the moment, for a drug, drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre for the Pace Foundation. That's quite an interesting project. Um, and uh, we've done some fit outs, uh, and we've done some subdivisions as well. So land subdivisions, quite large subdivisions. We work for uh, developers as well as. Um, capital finance um, organisations who lend money. So we will play the part of the, uh, the lender's representative to oversee and check some of the uh, developer or builder um, works that are occurring to ensure that they're on track and the quality is, uh, is up to scratch as well. Okay. So you'd say very well qualified to help us understand what is a defect um, you know, that's a, thrown, a word that gets thrown around a lot these days. People go out, they buy an apartment, they settle on it. And there's often this big struggle between clients and the developer slash builder to say, well, what's a defect? Is that scratch on the handrail a defect? Is that ceiling that's bowing? Is that a defect? Um, 
I wanted to hear some of your thoughts on, you know, what is a defect? Can you give us a little bit of a, uh, a broad idea on what that is? And then later we can talk about what's a defects liability and how does that work? Okay. Um, so very simply, look, there is a, an Australian standard for, for defects and they identify that. Um, but look, in a very simplistic version, um, look, a defects and abnormality that arises either out of incomplete works or faulty workmanship. That's really it. So, um, yeah. That's 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 the baseline. Um, there's what I would call in in my work. There's probably about four different types of of defects. So thinking about those in their relevant quadrants, um, I would uh, we'd look at uh, the first one, which I would call a, a design defect. So the design defect um, is something that you know in terms of the the layouts, uh, the initial design, um, you could probably look at you know, how some of that hasn't worked properly. And by that I mean, um, for example, you walk into a, an apartment and the, the the kitchen's wonderful, the layout's great, but they haven't allowed enough room for a fridge. You know, you think, oh, you know, I wish they had a bit higher and wider and I could, you know, I could get, you know, a, a you know, 570 litre in or instead of a, a 410 litre. So they're the things that you, you look at um, and you, you call what I would call a design defect. Not enough room in the laundry. How they have nice little pokey laundries. Some of them are great, but they don't allow enough room for a you know quite a large um, you know a dryer if you want a large dryer or a, a large washing machine. You know, and then it's all relevant. But you know, you 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 look at that and say, I I I want this size dryer, but it won't fit in there. So these are the what I would call uh, types of design uh, problems. Not having the toilet roll holder in the right spot. You know, you do the yoga to try and get the. <laughs> You know, clean yourself. So they're the they're, they're sort of things. Now, a lot of the times they're not fixable, yeah, um, because they're already set in, in the in the process of the, the construction. Um, but having better designs, I think, is very important. Um, so that's the first thing. Then I would then the other thing I would say is there's the service services defect, and this is to do with electrical, mechanical, hydraulic uh, services, um, air conditioning. You know, air conditioning is a big thing. So as soon as you walk in, if the AC is not working, you know that's a problem. If the light switch doesn't work, or you press a switch and you know different light turns on or something else turns on, that's a problem. Um, you know, if you're <laughs> obviously the obvious defect that I've seen is your toilet's not flushing. You know, the water hasn't been connected these are um uh, service defects but they can be fixed obviously the builder has to come back they have to fix it you know reconnect etc change the wires so i i've seen these happen but again it they, they are fixable um the other type of defect is um what i would call incomplete works defects now these are where you walk into an apartment you're ready to be handed you know to, to have it handed over and there's a knob missing off a drawer or, you know, the um, the paint, they haven't finished the, the, the final coat in a room or, you know, you look where the fridge space is, you look up and there's a hole in the ceiling, you know, you think, I need to patch that and paint that. So these ones, yes, they can be fixed, but again, when you walk in, these are the sort of defects that we've seen that shouldn't really be there. Um, and then you've got the final one, which is workmanship, and that's really where you know the broader range of defects most people see you know the the the, the chips the the scratches um you know the carpet coming off in the corner um you know paint edges rough edges on the doors the handles not sort of you know a bit loose these and you can go on and on about these things so that's that's predominantly what i would call the the four stage or the four key defect areas that we 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 would look at and we we notice and what <coughs> what does a, a client 
does does a client have the rights to come back and request those things be done, or what? How does that defects liability period work? And what is that? Okay, so that? what happens? There's 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 two things. So um, a builder has a contract with a developer. Yes, that builder. Um, predominantly under that contract has what they call a defects liability period. So, and that usually is, in most cases, 52 weeks from the date that they actually uh, contractually finish the, their works. So when a builder hands back to the developer, mm -hmm. 52 weeks from that date, and there's a formal date in the contract for that, 52 weeks after that, they have to service any defect and re repair, rectify any defect um, that, it, that was undertaken by them. Um, by the builder, um, and that's under contract. So that's pretty much set in stone. Um, some of the purchases, um, when they've come in, let's say you bought a unit, you come in, sometimes you get a period of what they call the 90-day period to identify defects. So a lot of purchasers will, will, will think they've only got that 90 days to, to, to clear, the, uh, you know, clear the air with making sure they've, they've checked everything out and come back and, and, and identified defects back to the, to the builder. Um, but what really is the case that you've, you've, you've got 52 weeks. So, um, and, and people just need to know when that time period starts and when it actually finishes. Most of the building managers of a, of, of a property will know that date because they do an inspection um, before that date, a few, you know, maybe a month before that, to walk around the building to make sure that there's there's a final list um, of defects that are picked up before the builder sort of walks away from that 52-week defects liability period. So that's, that's the range of, um, of time. Uh, and usually what happens on a building. Okay. And and this is a little off what I've, I've prepared, but how reasonable does a client need to be, a client, a purchaser, need to be with a developer or the builder with the broad spectrum of defects? Like, for instance, if I were to go in and buy a million-dollar apartment and then I see that there's a little bit of paint that's touching a skirting board in the wrong way or there's some scratches on handrails and things... Is it reasonable to say, hey, I want you to fix and give me a new handrail? And, and and is that just a matter of who you do business with? Like different developers will say, yes, that's reasonable, and others will say no? Like, Look, there's as I said, there is a, an Australian standard in terms of defects. Um, it's generally what you can see within a metre with, with the naked eye. Um, we have had people... You know, with a with a magnifying glass uh, okay. down on the floor, you know, checking yeah. everything, um, and and in some instances there is what we would call the unreasonable yeah. version of that, but predominantly where you've got a scratch on a glass, where you've got a scratch on a frame, where you've got a scratch on a balustrade, where the door you can see it, it's obvious, you know, to the naked eye when standing there uh, a meter away. Yes, the 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 developer, the builder must fix that. You know, that's that's. That's definitely um, something that um, uh, is is repairable. And and on that, do you think that the current standards are set high enough? Like, do you think that um, they're high enough to, to protect purchases and are they sort of monitored closely enough? Or and if you don't think so, where do you think there might be some failings or some room for improvement that to protect purchases? Because. Um, Look, the, the the current standards are quite reasonable. Yes. Um, I think there's there's developers out there that go the extra mile, um, such as Pace, 
Um, we deal with other developers such as Cave, um, and um, they will ensure that the purchasers are extremely happy. Um, they, you know, if 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 they, uh, you know, have a list of thirty items after the walk around, the initial walk around. Um, you know, hundred percent of the time, they will they will attend to those and make sure that they're rectified. So, that's that's the type of clients we work with. Um, we haven't worked too much with what I would call the lesser grade developer or builder, uh, but we have inspected properties that have that we've 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 gone in as independent um, consultants to do defects. Um, I, I won't say names, but we have been to areas where, you know, the building's been complete for three or four months, um, the builder wants to be paid, you know, his final payment, uh, the developers brought us in, we've gone in and, you know, we've, on, on a, you know, a hundred unit development, we could have 75 pages of defects, you know, with, you know, at least 15 items on each page. I mean, that's that many defects and that is going through a few units and just on the external part of the a building. Um, that's unreasonable. You know, that's very unreasonable. Um, some of the things that we see, especially in car parks, you know, car parks, people just think, oh, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll just finish the concrete and, you know, put a sealer on and off you go. And there's cracks and there's you know, unfinished works, etc. You know, people drive their cars, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, $100,000 cars, you know, $50,000, $60,000 cars. You want to make sure that, you know, the car park's nice, you're not going to have dripping water, you know, there's not dust that's going to, you know, the, the, every, every time you drive through, you're not going to get dust coming off the concrete, which you do if it's not sealed. Um, and you're storing things, so you want to make sure it's dry. So people forget that that's part of their home. They've bought this. Mm. So these areas need to be, you know, finished, be finished off properly. Um, so coming back to being reasonable, I think a purchaser buying a, you know, a million dollar apartment, it's reasonable to expect that everything is in order and there are no defects. The same way you'd buy a $100,000 car or a $50,000 car and you, there's no defects with that. Correct. You go to any car, car dealer and if you can spot a nick on a car, guess what? You either get a big discount or you'll get another car or you'll just pick something else. I like that. So back to some of the, the building standards and things. And the reason why I'm asking you these questions and, and why we're touching on all of this is because of there has been a lot of media hype and it's not just hype. There has been issues with different towers and, and you know buildings falling over, getting cracks or sinking and all that kind of stuff and cladding this. And you know, there's been issues in the market. Um, do you think that... Can you, can you comment to some of that or can we talk a little bit about some of the common mistakes that we are seeing or how, how builders and developers can avoid it? And, and are these mistakes happening because they're not following regulation or are you doing something more or extra that allows for your buildings and your sites to run so smoothly and cleanly? Um, Was that question clear? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 100%. I, 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 there's a couple of things in there yeah, but I'll, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll cover both. One is um, in terms of standards, Australia's got some of the highest building standards in the world. Uh, I used to work in Dubai and India and Egypt and and we, we, we especially in Dubai, we actually utilised a lot of the Australian-New Zealand standards as well as the European standards. Um, but Australia holds some of the highest levels of building standards in the world. The thing is, we have a standard for pretty much everything across the building uh, industry. And the idea is if we stick to it, if we have some, if we build to those standards, and we 
have the the process by which we supervise uh, and check and sign off and guarantee that we've done it in accordance with that, not just on paper but actual visual check, um, that one, the, 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 the subcontractor, the, the guy that's doing the waterproofing or doing the painting or doing the rendering is actually doing his job properly mm-hmm. and then coming back to check and sign off and say, yep, I've checked it, it's done. If we just stick to that simple process, you'd have a lot less problems. And I know that there's so many people in the industry that will agree with me because a lot of the time it's push, 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 get it done quickly, let's get out of here. But there's not enough time and effort put into, one, teaching the younger generation how to do things properly, and two, spending the time in going in and checking and doing it. A lot of the bigger, more, more, more um, I suppose, affluent um, uh, developers and builders uh, you'll see their, their quality is pretty good. Um, and there's two reasons. One is they put enough time into the job and two, they have enough manpower on the job. So, you know, a lot of the times, um, you know, there'll be a site and there'll be some builder there going, you know what, I just ran this job with three or four blokes. And you go, great, good on you, you've saved some money on, on, on staff, but have you done it properly? Mm. There's no way you could have done, you could have built a 100-unit development or 50-unit development properly with only a few guys on site. It just doesn't happen. Or you've done it and it's taken you double the time. You're talking about uh, PMs and construction I'm talking managers. about builders yeah. and I'm talking about project managers that, that oversee it and developers that ensure that that's the outcome they want. You know, So it all starts with the developer. If the developer has a culture of quality and 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 consistency and it's 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 not just about the brand it's about the 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 culture within that company about i want i want to hand over you know really good quality product then you've got to have a process and the process is having the people and the follow-up and the sign-offs and the checks to do all this so if you don't have that you're going to get something it's it, it may be okay and it may be not and, and what are some of the common mistakes that you see or hear about? Like you're in the industry, you kind of sniff in here and understand what's going on out there. Look, it's 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 it, it's it is dog eat dog out there. You've got everyone's trying to quick, you know finish a project as quickly as possible, um, and everyone's you know developers are trying to make you know the sale at the end of the day. Now, um, as I said, there are a lot of developers out there that are really good, high quality, and they 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 work the job. And they put the right builders and the right managers and the right um, consultants on there to ensure what they start out with is exactly what they get, mm-hmm. and that's the important part. You can lose so much in that, and I don't mean by the actual building; it's the process, the understanding, and the supervision time by both the builder and the project manager and the consultants in doing that. Um, so you've got to have that up front. If you don't. It's, it's not going to work or it's a hit and miss. Okay, process. so from what I'm hearing, some of the biggest mistakes is rushing and the process and just monitoring the site correctly. Correct, that's it. Um, now, to, 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 to um, rectify that or to, to ensure that you don't have those problems, there's a few things that you can do and we can talk about that, the, the peer review process. Yeah, let's talk about that. So what that is is, um, and, and there's a few Few people, few developers now coming up with that. It's not a hard, it's a very simple process. And um, 
there's a you know, and I and I mentioned pace now because through them we've all we've actually done it before. We're just now doing it on a much bigger scale, and that is, you know, making sure that your structure, your waterproofing, uh, and your fire services are all overseen to the nth degree. By that I mean, you've got a structural engineer that that designs the the, the, the structure of the building. By getting a peer review consultant, so it's an independent consultant that comes in and he oversees. Now, this, this guy is um, very well experienced, um, you know, national accreditation, basically ticks all the boxes for, 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 for a perfect or near perfect engineer. He'll come across um, and oversee the design. So he'll comment on the initial design. He'll certify it. So he'll say, tick, yes, I've, I've checked that. So not only your original engineer, but you'll have your um, peer review engineer come across and tick that off as well. So, so let me just let me hold you there. So what you're saying is you get uh, someone, you get your your highly certified or qualified uh, professionals mm. to come in, set the design for these major parts of the construction, and then you get a second or an additional company outside of the first one to check the work of the first guy. Correct. Or the first person. Correct. Okay. Now, you know, you, you every engineer does things a little bit differently, but predominantly there's, you know, the, 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 the slab, the footings, and these are, you know, the, the footings of what holds up the, the building. Um, they'll even check the foundations, which is the type of ground that it's actually the building is sitting on, whether it's rock, whether it's clay, whether it's sand, and they'll make sure that this, this that the design is, is based on that type of foundation. Then they'll look at the actual structure and they'll look at how big the footings are, how big the slabs, the thickness of the slabs, the type of reinforcement in the slabs, the columns, the beams. So they'll go through that and agree, both will agree, the design is correct. Tick, move on. What's the next stage is overseeing it. So actually while it's being constructed, you'll have your primary engineer for the job, going through and signing off. So before a concrete pour, they've already done a check. They've checked that the reinforcement is in place, the right reinforcement, the right numbers, the right sizes, um, and he'll tick that off. Now, the peer review consultant, the independent, will also come and do his own inspection and tick it off and say, yep, correct. So if there is a problem, you've got two different people raising that if there is a problem. So you're covered in that sense throughout the whole of the structure, basically until you've, you've topped out and finished. So once you've once you've topped out, you've got the roof slab on, all the columns done, the structure's done, finished. So that's not common practice. No, it to hasn't do the been peer review method. No, because that's almost scientific method. The scientist says, "Hey, this is what I'm doing," and they get their peers to review their work correct. and just check if it's all correct. Correct. And is this? Is this commonplace or is this an emerging practice or are more people doing this? I think it's only just starting to be um, uh, uh, um, um, taken up by some of the developers now because of the issue of, you know, cracks in buildings, you know, uh, uh, slabs, uh, you know, uh, 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 showing, showing, you know, uh, movement, etc. Um, so I think... People now, the, the the general public are seeing the, the these type of defects and not not really uh, not really accepting them. So, um, what's happened now is this process is and and it's not anything major. It's just really paying for someone to come and do 
um, what someone else is doing. And just being doubly sure for, you know, for that extra insurance, you know, getting that, that comfort level that the structure is going to be fine. So does that slow the process down a lot or cost much more to do that? Because I imagine, you know, Pace, Sekisui House, Frasers, all these bigger companies have reputational risk. They've been around for a long time. So they're not in a hurry or rushing to get their sites out of the ground. Um, so it makes sense for them to slow down, maybe spend a little bit more because they don't want to have any issues. Um, to answer your first question, the timing, um, no, it doesn't It doesn't take longer to do because um, the design, you're doing the check design before anything's happening. The guys are on site doing, preparing the site, etc. You, you're doing this work already. You know, it's just that time in the background to do it. It's not that the job will stop because this isn't happening. It's happening in parallel. Okay. You know, there's other things happening, so um, it will not it will not deter from 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 um, you know or extend the time of a building of a building job. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is the cost. Yes, it will cost a bit more to have a, a a independent consultant to come in and do that. But in reality, what's you know another fifty sixty thousand dollars on a you know on a, on a forty fifty sixty million dollar job? Right. It's okay. not much. It's not crazy, and it's a little bit more. It's 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 like taking a little that that extra insurance policy out. Yep. You know, so um, it it gives you a lot. As a developer, it will give you a lot more comfort. As an owner and purchaser, it should give you more comfort knowing that you know what, I have had two guys look at this thing. That, that what more could be done. You know, that, that everything that could be done has been done. That speaks to the integrity of the people doing the building and Correct. it just adds Correct. that layer of confidence. And that goes also for waterproofing and yep. fire, which I mentioned. Now, waterproofing is a big, always a big issue in bathrooms and balconies, etc. So the same is also happening where there's a waterproofing um, a consultant that comes in. You've got your, your, your main consultant and they go through the building and they test. Now, that's one of the things that is required for the occupancy certificate. So the private certifier on a job will come and inspect 10%. He will physically uh, and visually inspect 10% of the bathrooms to see that the waterproofing has been undertaken correctly. However, what's now being done is, um, such as PACE, they are undertaking 100% of all of their bathrooms are tested and checked and certified by the primary consultant. They're also getting an independent consultant to do exactly the same. So number one consultant will come through and number two will then follow through. So they'll organise times. Obviously, you're not doing it all at once. Mm-hmm. You, you do five or six bathrooms uh, at a time. So that's what happens per level. So the consultant, one will come through. He'll do a test. He'll let the water out because they'll actually they'll, they'll, they'll undertake the waterproofing. They'll block it up. They'll, they'll put water in and they'll actually test it. Okay. And then the second consultant will come in, they'll drain the water, they'll fill it again, he will view it and he will test it and he'll sign off. So you've got two sign-offs for every single bathroom in a building that identifies that the waterproofing is sound and intact. Wow. It sounds like um, it's, it's a much more deliberate process than what I anticipated, um, than what I've seen out there as well. Um, mate, thank you very much for that. Let me just ask you now, how do you manage um, the defects at settlements and how, how should, how should uh, you know, a client approach managing the defects? Like, is there, 
how do they go about making sure that they're getting the right building and things are all correct? Like uh, they're not construction managers or yeah, project yeah. managers. And That's a good point. We um, when we sit with our clients, we 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 look at a project in three stages. It's the first stage, which is the design and um, and uh, review stage. So even if we're not there at the design stage, we only come into construction. We'll still look at the design phase of the project and say, well, you know. We'll comment on it. You know, if we think there's something there that should be changed before the construction starts, we'll give that advice. The second stage is obviously through the construction, and we we run through that whole process from the you know day one to last day of construction, and we'll manage that process. Um, before final day handover, um, we have what we do the um, defects management process. A lot of the clients um, previously thought that was a bit of an extra, you know, extra cost that they didn't need to have and they wanted to come and manage that process themselves. Clients being the developer. Correct. Um, And we used to, and and, and we used to put a lot of time and effort into that process. That's what we generally do about three months, three months out before the final handover of each of the apartments. And what we do there is that defect management is um, we start walking through, this is the finished, or just before it's finished, we'll walk through and um, start to defect every apartment. So we'll walk through with the builder, unit by unit, area by area, and we'll do the outside after we do the units, um, and defect uh, the units with the builder. We'll hand over that list, or if it's done on a, on a, on a web-based system, then it's on the, on, the, on the computer, they have it on their iPads, um, they'll go away, they'll fix them up and they'll call us back and we'll check that. So that's what we call stage one. Um, stage two is when we um, um, uh, the purchasers come in to do their walk around. So they'll come through, let's say the builder has finished everything and he's ready to hand over, the developer then brings in the purchaser, we'll walk around with the purchaser. So and you'll help the purchaser, and if they, correct. If, if they don't have you, should they go and get an independent consultant? Yeah, we or we welcome we welcome building you know purchasers to bring in uh, building uh, inspectors to, to to walk around because um, um, at the end of the day, some people feel comfortable that they've got someone outside of the process. Makes sense, um, and we welcome that. So uh, whether it's a building inspector that will come and we'll walk around with them, mm-hmm. uh, they'll identify defects, we'll log them, and we'll take that um, and then send it off to the builder and make sure at the end that the builder has uh, finished all of those. So by the time the purchaser is ready for settlement, um, all the defects should be completed. So when they walk in, open the key, uh, sorry, turn the key to walk in, there should be nothing left. Um, Now, having said that, um, a lot of the time you don't pick up defects until you've gone in, started, you know, done, used a dishwasher. Started living. Yeah, started living. So you might find a couple of things here and there that that pop up. You know, there's a, you know, the, maybe a, a, an adjustment of a cupboard or something later, or the fridge has got a scratch that I didn't see if, if the fridge came with the apartment. And then there's a process by which um, that's logged through the building manager, and will ensure that the builder jumps onto that and completes that work as well. Now, that's we have that through the three month process. In, during our construction phase works, we actually start a bit earlier. So on the structure itself, the main structure and the building, before the actual the, the units are, let's say, finished, we actually we still do what we call observations and defects. So 
when the structure goes up, our guys go in and we start to look at the quality of the concrete, um, if there's any, um, you know, combing, what we call combing, where the concrete hasn't been finished properly, um, where the brickwork isn't correct or whether the walls aren't straight or whether the services, you know, are sort of mishmashed in a wall. We, we, we like to see things done neatly. So we try and push the builder to set their, 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 their services nice, neat and correctly so that what happens in, when you put your plasterboard wall in and they go to drill, they're not drilling through a pipe or through electric cables. So we check all that as well as, um, you know, at the end. Yeah. So we, we run that process through what we call our day-to-day reviews um, to ensure that the actual quality of the stuff that you don't see is still sound and, and, and of, of a good quality or of a, f- a fair quality. So then let me ask you, when because I do a lot of site visits and like to go out to the site, put the hard hat on and just see what's going on with the different uh, you know, construction sites and buildings. When you go out and you're not always the head contractor or whatever and you go and see what's happening out there, um, what are some indications or what are things that clients should, purchases should be looking for that are indications of a well-run site versus a poorly run site? What are things that kind of get your attention when you're walking around a construction site? Look, for me um, or my team, it's it's you, you you walk on site. As soon as you walk on that site and you look around, you'll pick certain things. You'll 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 know whether things are running smoothly or the team is 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 you know on par with with understanding how quality projects work. Um, first thing is you look in. Is it a clean site? You walk on if it's dirty and dusty and there's rubbish everywhere and there's piles of crap over on the on the you know the debris le- left there that hasn't been cleaned. You'll know straight away that this isn't you know that there's 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 some some quality issues here. You know if they're not if the culture isn't to set that the site to be clean you know daily or if not weekly at least. Um, you know, there's, there's, that's the first sign of problems. Who sets that culture? Is it the builder or is it it's the you? Builder. Or is it it's the builder. Okay. So we will ask the builder on a numerous occasions, and this has happened where we, you know, walk on a site, we'll see the things and we'll say, guys, you need to be, you know, for safety reasons, you need to be clean, you know. So can you clean these levels? You know, can you clean this walkway? Can you take the debris from the, you know, from, from, from you know, the side of the, the site, etc. cetera? Um, can you make sure you've got more bins, you know? Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll ensure that happens, but it's really a culture within that building company whether they actually run a clean site or not. So um, other than cleanliness, you'll walk around and you'll see, you know, how, how is the work being undertaken? So is there cables strung everywhere? You know, that's a safety issue, you know. So if, if they're not taking safety seriously, then you know, they're not taking quality seriously. So that's another, you know, a uh, uh, trigger that you would look at um and the third thing is um how are the workmen you know being managed on site so if you're walked into an area and you've got a a painter a renderer a carpet guy over here and someone fixing plaster whatever here you think the place is a mess you know this is this is crazy this is very poor management so the idea is to methodically and systematically run your projects, um, you know, structure up and finishes, you know, um, uh, where, where you can following through um, in a very systematic and methodical way. Um, so the idea is keep an eye on what's happening, where you're walking, is it safe, is it clean, 
um, and 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 do the do the do the guys do the actual construction team the site staff know what's happening? You know, you ask the foreman, okay, well, what are you guys doing today? Oh, we're 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 um, you know, we're 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 roughing in the services up on level seven. Oh, okay, well, what are you doing down the bottom? Oh, we're 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 starting to paint. Okay, that's great. And you walk around, there's no painters there, and you know, there's there's someone else doing something else. You think you need to know, you know, that, that you need to know what you're managing. You know, if you don't know who's on your site and who's managing what, that's a problem. Okay, that's interesting. So for for a purchaser, that some of that stuff is harder for them to understand. But so if they walk on and they want to see that the site is clean, yes, um, they want to see that it looks or feels safe. So there's no debris, wires, and things hanging around, yeah. and then it looks like it's well coordinated. You know, you don't want to see workers jumping all over each other, and it's Correct. a bit more uh, let, let, not frantic. People Correct. Are doing the things they should be in the times they should be. Correct, Michael. Thank you very much for today. Uh, I've, I feel Pleasure. like we've gotten to touch on a whole heap of topics that are very important, especially now when there's so much fear around that construction process and um, you know what's happening with brand new developments out there. After talking to you today, I feel a lot more confident. It's great to know that there's people like you out there that are so diligent, um, you know, almost applying a scientific method to trying to get these sites so well run. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Dominic. Hope to have you again. Thank you. See you guys.